Hello friends, God bless you. Welcome to A Word of Victory. Praise God. Lord, I thank you for each one of these, my brothers and sisters. I thank you for their lives. I thank you, Father, for this time of sweet fellowship with each other and with you, Lord. And Father, we have come to hear your word. We have come, Father, to grow in the knowledge of you. We have come, Lord, to be refreshed in your presence. Holy Spirit, we submit to you today. And we ask you, Lord, for a fresh baptism of your fire, of your power, of that dunamis resurrection power, that life-giving, miracle-working power. Lord Jesus, that same power that you were raised from the dead with uh, lives inside of us now in the person of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, you quicken and give life to our mortal bodies, to our lives. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you today. We thank you for the, the power of unity and the power of agreement, Lord. You said where two or three of us would join together in your name that you are here in the midst of us. And Lord, we welcome you and we ask you, Lord, to lead us and to guide us into all truth by the power of your Holy Spirit as you uh, instruct us from your word, Lord. Uh, you're bringing life-giving revelation. You're bringing uh, fresh manna to us, Lord. You're bringing uh, the fountain of living water. And that same living water, as we are immersed in your word and in your presence, that same living water then pours from us because you said out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. And Lord, that we can bring refreshment that we can bring your word, your presence, your love, your heart everywhere we go, Father, in the name and in the person of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I thank you, Father. You know, friends, um, <clears throat> it's been a couple of weeks since I did a podcast, and if I'm to be honest with you, <clears throat> I was under extreme pressure. Oh, excuse me for a moment. <coughs> The last couple of weeks and I just took maybe uh, I don't know I think that you know there's a lot of things going on in the atmosphere um, I believe that just as the scripture says the dogs of hell have been released um, against uh, the body you know the people the believers in, in Christ Jesus the people who make up the church and uh so I suppose I want to encourage you in that because I believe that every one of us have a testimony and uh, that oftentimes we think that, you know, we feel isolated, we feel lonely, we feel, um, you know, under attack and, and we feel that maybe we're the only person going through this. We feel perhaps, you know, the enemy lying into our ears telling us, oh, it's you, you just don't have enough faith, you're just... You know, you're not this and you're not that, you know, and, and um, I think that really the Lord really ministered um, about that particular topic, even with me, um, is, is, you know, that that we can be under assault in our minds uh, from the lies of the enemy. And this is simply to stop the kingdom of God from advancing and to make his people give up. And, um, you know, during the week, I, I came across this photograph that was shared and it's an old photograph. I know I, I think it's maybe from um, 2018 and I have a vague recollection of seeing it a long time ago. But this week it really ministered to me and I'll post it up on our Facebook page and on our Twitter page. And, um, you know, uh, it's a picture of, of a, a man, um, a man, African 
descent. Uh, so he's a black man and and he's got his arms around two people and they're the parents of the young man who died. Um, I'm not sure how he died. It was some kind of a tragedy anyway. And they donated his his um, organs and this man got his heart. And the mom and dad are, have both got stethoscopes in their ears and they're listening to their son's heart beating in this man's body. <clears throat> so the, the, the donor recipient, the man who received the heart, has got his arms around them. And, you know, it's it's a picture, a photograph that's just... It's full of emotion and uh, I, I just think, you know, that you, you see the father's face and his face, it, it was really that I was drawn to. And I just see such, uh, you know, pain and joy all at once in this man's face. And it just really spoke to me in so many ways, you know, even the the fact that that the man who who received the heart was a black man and the and the parents and and uh, you know are are white and you know this is what the kingdom of god is like is that there is no difference in the kingdom of god in fact um uh the book of revelation john saw a vision of the throne room of heaven and he saw people from every tribe and every nation all there together and all with one focus worshiping the lord so um you know this this man then he's 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 got his arms wrapped around the parents and there's a smile on his face and a kind of it's like gratitude and and joy and peace all together on his face and comfort as well as he's comforting them as they're listening to his heart beating and you know it's the heart of their son that's beating in this man's body and what really spoke how the lord really ministered to me with through this photograph is i believe this is what's god's greatest desire for each one of us to be walking vessels of life with his son's heart beating in our bodies just as this man is now doing and i believe that it so touches the father's heart just as it has done with this father and mother and you know if you have a, a chance to look it up later um, you will see the emotion on this father's face and he's he's actually got his head lying on this man's breast as he listens to the beat of his son's heart living and working in this man's body and i believe that's what god wants to hear the heart of jesus christ his son who gave everything and gave up his whole life and allowed himself to be suffered to suffer and allowed himself to be crushed so that we could be brought back into relationship with God and so that we could be made alive in Christ. And uh, praise God. You know, in the book of Hosea, if you want to go there with me in our Bible study, and Holy Spirit, we ask you tonight to reveal the heart of the Father. And we ask you, Lord, 
to create, I, I pray that, Lord, and I, I pray, you pray it with me, friend. Created me a clean heart, Lord. You know, that's what he says in Psalm 51. David actually has, um, wrote that, you know, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And so often, as we're walking through this life, we get involved in things. We 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 come under uh, pressure from various circumstances, perhaps you know different attacks or, or or different things that distract us from the heart of the Father, and where we uh, listen to the lies of the enemy, or where we're being attacked by by various uh, strategies or tactics of the devil. And, you know, as we pray and cry out to the Lord, create in me a clean heart, you know, bring me back into that place of of hearing from you, Father, of of being one with you. In fact, this is what Jesus prayed. And and I think it's often overlooked in the Gospels is John chapter John chapter 17. And, um, you know, because it's it's quite long. It's this long prayer that Jesus prayed. But what he basically prayed was, Father, I have done everything you told me to do. And you've given these ones to me who now believe in me, who now trust in me for their salvation. And I pray, Father, that as you and I are one, that you would make us and them be one. And, you know, um them in us and us in them. And he prayed this beautiful prayer and he said, and I don't just pray for these ones that are here with me now, but for all those who will believe. I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. And by this, all men will know and believe in you. And so often I think, you know, this is something that's going on right now is that everywhere you go, have you found this, that people are talking about the vaccine and are you taking the vaccine? You know, and uh, you have this constant barrage of fighting going on. No, I'm not taking the vaccine or yes, of course I'm taking the vaccine. You've got this, this, um, I, I really feel it's not of the Lord to engage in it at all. And, and what I've felt the Lord speaking to me about it, and I've spoken this to a few people is, don't throw your pearls to pigs. And I'm not talking, I'm not calling people, you know, who are engaging in these fights pigs, but certainly, you know, there is a demonic spirit behind it that's trying to constantly stir up strife. And there is also a, a very prevalent, not just a spirit of fear right now, very prevalent, but also a spirit of mockery, of mocking God you know, where is this God of yours? Where's all these things, you know, that God is supposed to do? How come this isn't working? Or how come this hasn't happened, what you said? But, you know, the Lord says very clearly, you know, God is not to be mocked. And a man will reap what he has sown. And he goes on to say, therefore, do not lose heart, for you will reap in due season if you faint not. And of course, this is one of the tactics that the devil uses is to try and get us to actually faint, to fall down, to collapse under the weight of all the the heaviness in the atmosphere, of all the strife, the fighting, the mockery of God and of his word. But friend, you know, God wants you to stand strong. And uh, praise God, earlier this week, Pastor Breda got a word and uh, I'll read it for you. It's from Isaiah chapter 43 and it really ministered and spoke to me. And uh, because very often what happens is, is when we're under pressure 
or when things aren't working out the way we wanted them to work out or when the enemy is assaulting and attacking people and it feels like there's no give or no let up in in, in this you know uh, this barrage of, of of attack from the enemy's camp uh what it can make us do is want to go back <laughs> it's actually what happened to the the people of Israel and i often think this you know that that um in the book of uh, Exodus, the account of the people of Israel as they were brought forth out of slavery by Moses, by God's hand, uh, using Moses as his prophet to them, uh, I believe that that is such a prophetic foreshadow of um, of our life even today. And that, you know, the people in, in the Israelites, when they when they were brought out of Egypt, what they wanted to do when they got out to the wilderness and they saw there is no water, there is no bread. We're out here in this this wilderness that we're nothing, no human being, no animal, nothing can survive out here because the the landscape was so barren. There was nowhere for shelter. The heat was so intense it would kill somebody. Uh, there was no water. Uh, at the, then because of the fact that the heat was so strong during the day, the nights then were incredibly cold. And so nothing could survive out there. Hence, it was called a wilderness. But you know what? The Lord came and he covered those people every day with a cloud uh, to block the searing sun and every night he lit a fire around them his presence went with them as that cloud in the form of that cloud and at night in the form of that fire surrounding them so that they had heat at night they had shelter during the day he uh, taught Moses or he spoke to Moses and got Moses to hit the rock and water so much water flowed from the rock to feed uh, or t- to water uh, three odd million people and all their cattle and livestock um, he provided fresh manna for them every day that they could make bread with you know so he looked after every need but what the enemy gets us to do so often is is when he brings negative thoughts when he brings an attack you know or difficult circumstances the first thing we want to do is is almost say oh I just wish I, I that I, I could just go back and that's exactly what the people of Israel said at that time to Moses they said why did you bring us out here there is no bread there is no water we were better off in Egypt we actually had cucumbers and onions there <laughs> you know it's amazing the things that that seem uh, so good and yet the Lord said in and actually I know I told you to turn to Hosea but let's go to Isaiah chapter 43 and this is the word that Breda Pastor Breda um, got this week and, and it really ministered to me and in Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 to 21 it says do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old and that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do he wants you to constantly live in the past he wants you to constantly live in a world in a world some kind of imaginary world where everything was better there and you know what friend it wasn't and Peter acknowledged this um, the day when Jesus spoke to his disciples and said to them, are you, are you going to leave now? Um, I think that's in John chapter 7. And Peter said, Lord, where can we go? For you have the words of life. They didn't want to go back because once they had tasted his presence, where could they go that would ever 
fill them and and uh you know fill them with such peace and with such joy and such uh wisdom as what they had in his presence and so this is what Isaiah is saying here. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Praise God. So um, it's important for us to stop focusing on the past and also stop focusing on the future because that's where fear comes in. How will things work out? God wants us. You know, he is, it tells us in Psalm 46, God is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. So God wants us to live, you know, right where we're at in the present. And so often we spend so long thinking about the great days of old. You know, they were the good old days, the good old days. And or, or so long we think about the fear of the future or, or what we want in the future or where my life is going in the future. And we forget to just be thankful and enjoy the present. And we don't see the good things that are going on in the present because very often we're clouded and, uh, you know, influenced by the enemy to only look at the negative. Um. So that's a word for you, friend, and it's thanks to Pastor Brida. And she also, actually the same day that we were speaking, um, I had been thinking about this scripture, and it's in Psalm 34, verse 7. And it says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And Pastor Brida, uh, you know, the day she was speaking to me about Isaiah chapter 43, then she said, oh, and there was another scripture uh, in, in Psalm 34. And my eyes just opened wide. And <laughs> she said, and it was the angel of the Lord. And, you know, friend, it was confirmation and an encouragement for me. And everybody needs encouragement. And I, I, I suppose I encourage you to, you know, lift each other up and encourage each other and encourage yourself. You know, David had to do that. It says back in, in Samuel, you know, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. There are times when you are alone. There are times when you feel very isolated and when you feel forgotten or neglected or whatever, you know, or when you feel you just can't take anymore because this is happening and that's happening and that happened. And, the, you know, and it's just this this uh, all-out attack and it puts people under pressure this is why people go off and, and and commit suicide or why they they have breakdowns and mental health issues you know and what i would and this weekend is is the weekend of that walk you know darkness into light where they try and support people who are suicidal but listen friend you know and i'm not demeaning that charity by any means or anything but the thing is is that our world is a world that's chosen to live without god and because of that, people have no tools or, or no um, armor to deal with the attacks and the assaults of the enemy. And where those attacks and assaults come from the devil is in the thought, in the mind, you know, and uh, that's where he, he, he attacks people. And um, 
in, in Hosea, if you want to go there with me finally, to Hosea um, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being a priest for me. And what that word knowledge there means is, is knowledge of God and of his ways, intimacy with him, relationship with him. And um, my people, it's not unbelievers or, or Gentiles, you know, it's my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that lack of knowledge is knowledge of God and of his goodness, of his heart. It says, because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Many of the people who are battling depression and, and all kinds of suicidal issues and anxiety, it's very often an iniquity coming down the generations because of the sins of the fathers where they have turned away from God, where they have gone after idols, where they have, you know, um, opened a door through sin or through, uh, you know, living for themselves and, and not living for God. And, and where an open door has allowed the enemy access to their children. Read that again. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. The more they increased, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people. They set their heart on their iniquity. And it shall be like people, like priest. So I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their deeds. For they shall eat, but not have enough. They shall commit harlotry, but not increase. Because they have ceased obeying the Lord. This is what it all boils down to, friend is obedience to God, obedience to his word. And I was thinking there, you know, I was feeling really bad that I hadn't done a podcast last week, but then I really felt the Lord speaking to me and saying, it's time for my people to seek my word for themselves. I think that what has happened in life is that we have gotten used to, you know, hearing teachings, listening to this teaching, listening to that teaching, and, uh, you know, really being spoon-fed the word of God. And what I felt the Lord speaking to me uh, was that in the day of trouble, like Ephesians 6 says, will you be able to stand? And the only thing that will have a person to stand is their knowledge and intimacy and relationship with God through his word. Because in the hard times, it's the word of God that will sustain you. And, you know, you may not have time to open your Bible in the day of crisis. But what word you have sown in your heart and what word, uh, the word of God that you have fed on in the past will be the thing that will have you stand in that day of crisis or in that moment of crisis. Jesus said, you know, uh, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and um, you know, what he's promising there is not uh, terror and, and, and uh, you know, terrible things. It, what he's promising is, is you certainly will have uh, times, difficult times of trouble and of uh, persecution because of the word. And he said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
And so it's the peace that we have is the peace of knowing God. When you are in relationship with somebody and you know them very well, you have peace together. You're not all, you know, um, jittery or, or uh, nervy around each other because you're comfortable with each other. You can pour your heart out to each other. And this is the way God wants us to be. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let's have a look at Jeremiah chapter 31. Praise God. In Jeremiah chapter 31, God reveals to the prophet Jeremiah a new covenant that will replace the old covenant that he had given to Moses, the law. And this new covenant was going to be a totally different um, way of relating and interacting with God. Let's read it in Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Hallelujah. That was a word from God, you know, that there was going to be a change in how we would relate to God. And this is why he sent Jesus, his son. He sent him to die. And it says, you know, in Isaiah chapter 53, it says it pleased God to crush him. He was crushed so that we could be restored. And so we could be redeemed and and bought, brought back into the family of God uh, through the sacrifice that Jesus gave of his life. And maybe that's what the Lord has been ministering to me about that picture, you know, of that father hugging this man's breast and listening to the heartbeat of his son. And, uh, you know, you see, in the old covenant, they would write bits of scripture on their on their tassels of their garments on their foreheads on their hands uh, when they would meet each other they would say to each other you know uh, they would read the scripture that was on the other person's forehead and they, and they would say know the Lord you know keep remembering his word keep obeying it don't forget and they had to constantly remind themselves because it was uh, a covenant of law and so the law was only in their head but now when Jesus came he brought the new covenant written in his body and in his blood and that new covenant is uh, a transplant 
to our hearts. It's where we are now transformed and where before our connection to the Father was broken because of sin, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are now reconnected to God and brought into his family, adopted. In fact, Richard's going to give a a declaration uh, towards the end of this and it's uh, from Romans chapter 8. That's a wonderful chapter. Romans chapter 8 speaks about how God wants us to be uh, to come to him and call him Abba, Daddy, uh, where we're given the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit who now uh, resides within us and uh, announces to us and, and helps us to understand that we are now children of God. We are no longer uh, outsiders, but we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say in Romans 8, you know, what can separate us from the love of God? If God is for us, who can be against us? And uh, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And God wants us to each understand this in our own hearts. He wants us to seek his face. Remember in Matthew chapter 6, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness has been given to us. It's been conferred upon us as a gift, a free gift through the blood that his son shed. Jesus gave his perfect sinless life so that we could be made right with God as if we had never sinned. And you know what, friend? You may have heard that a million times, but is it in your head you've heard it or do you understand it in your heart? Because when we understand how we now have right standing with God because of what Jesus did for us, we that is where the peace of God fills our hearts and where we can relax and enjoy our life. That's what Jesus spoke about, you know, in John 10. He said, I am the good shepherd. I look after you. I will protect you. I will do everything for you. But he said, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. And this is what people live their lives, you know, in bondage to fear, in bondage to to negative circumstances, afraid of what will happen. What will happen if something happened to my children? What would happen if we lost everything? You know, it's this fear of destruction. That's from the pits of hell, friend, and it's not from God. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly, that you may enjoy your life. I'm not talking about enjoy your life as in going from party to party and holiday to holiday. Um, There's nothing wrong with parties and holidays, Uh, I, I know that that uh, right now people have been groomed to believe that holidays and parties are from the pits of hell. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with parties and holidays, friend. But the thing is, is that so often people look to those things, to to buying things, to having nice houses, nice cars, nice, nice everything uh, to fulfill that need inside of each one of us for peace. But no peace will ever be found in those things. Certainly there may be a temporary peace. And of course, the Lord wants you to have a holiday and be refreshed. But listen, the true refreshment comes from being in his presence. And it says that in Romans chapter 3, it says, you know, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And 
he talks then about you know going to that place of of uh, being in the presence of God. So times of refreshing can come. There's refreshment to be found in the presence of God. That's what the disciples. Um, knew and understand and that's why Peter said that day to Jesus Lord where can we go because you have the words of life and you see the devil wants you to to live in the past and to go backwards and say oh we had it better then oh things were much better when we could go to Santa Panza like oh no things will be way better now once we can get on a plane again and go abroad but I'll tell you friend your life today, you know, don't be like the fool in the Bible that Jesus spoke about who said, you know, I'll build all these wonderful things. I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that and, and then I'll enjoy myself and I'll have great fun. And he said, you fool, for tonight your soul will be required of you. And what will happen then? I think I wrote it there recently in the word of victory, you know, eternity goes on forever. Life is very short and very fleeting. Praise God. Let's have a look at um, Psalm 27. Just want to have a look at this for a moment. Let's see what the Lord's speaking here. In Psalm 27, let's read it together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord, friend. What that word means is, is reverence him, worship him, praise him, sing to him, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And the thing is, is that this psalm is is. You know, it's an amazing psalm, but um, your face, Lord, I will seek. 
that's that's the Lord's heart's cry. He says, you know, I want you to seek my face. Um, just have a look at that there. It says in verse eight, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. You've got that picture again of a little baby um, and a mother or a father or perhaps um, two lovers, you know, uh, who who are entwined, you know, arms entwined. And, and you know, you, you got this picture of someone holding your face, someone who loves you dearly and who you love and, and just grasping the person's face and and just looking into their face. When you said, seek my face, I said, your face, Lord, I will seek. That's what God's heart's cry is, is that we spend time with him, that we worship him. And look what happens, you know, no matter what enemy we have, no matter what adversary, that word adversary there means one, an opponent. It's actually the translation of the word Satan. It means an opponent in court who will accuse you. And so, um, you know, those ones who are angry at you, those ones who are have a problem with you or who've spoken against you, the Lord will deal with your adversaries. The Lord will make your path smooth, even in the midst of your enemies. And also, you know, when the wicked, in verse 2, when the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, that word means to devour me, but it's very interesting. It sounds very like, you know, a pestilence, like a cancer or, or something that's that's trying to, to devour the body and a disease of some kind. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. You see, David is speaking here that... Uh, we have a choice to make of what we will believe. And the thing is, is that all of us fall and stumble. And we need to be constantly refreshed in the presence of God. And so that's why we spend time in the word. That's why we spend time praying. And and as we pray, and I'm not talking about rattling off prayers that you learnt off as a child. Listen, friend, that's powerless praying. And and I'm also speaking about, you know, even rattling off the Psalms or, or, or some portion of scripture that you know. We need to understand that the word of God is, is, is fresh bread for us. It is nourishment to our bodies. And you may not ever remember what, uh, you know, you studied three weeks ago or, or, or what you, you know, what word the Lord spoke to you um, in different times. It's important to write things down. It's important to have a journal and write stuff down because what it does is as we read out loud, we read the word of God out loud and as we write it down as well, what it does is it imprints upon um, our head. But the word of God is first of all spiritually, spiritually discerned and understood. So it goes deep down into our spirit. So don't ever wonder or worry if you can't remember. Oh God, I, I I was studying some scripture there now, and God for the life of me, I can't remember it. It's gone down into your spirit, and like a seed that goes in, it has to die, and then it will come up as a harvest. And it's in the day of trouble that you will see that word coming forth, and that's what will have you to stand through every circumstance and through every difficulty. Praise God. So, um, actually. You know, I was thinking as well this week about Joseph 
And um, Joseph, you know, the Lord had given him dreams and visions as as a little boy. He he'd really he put his hand of favor on his life. His his brothers hated him. Um, and uh, you know, in John chapter seventeen that I mentioned earlier about the prayer that Jesus had, you know, Lord, let them be one as we are one. He did mention that. He said, Lord, they have they will hate them because of me. And, uh, you know, you have an enemy, whether you like it or not. His name is the devil and he has demon hordes, fallen angels that he uses, demonic spirits to come against you and to try and break you and crush you and destruct you. But Jesus said that, you know, greater is he living in you than he that's in the world. And so it's as you grow in the knowledge of him that you have the tools and the ability to overcome the devil and defeat your enemies. But, um... Joseph had so many things that that happened to him. He he was sold into slavery by his brothers. First of all, they decided to kill him. And then they said, no, we won't kill him. We'll sell him to some slave traders. So they did that. And he was taken to Egypt and he was brought into this man's house called Potiphar. And he worked for him um, for so many years. And, and Potiphar saw that everything Joseph did prospered, that that. You know, he was a blessed man. And so Potiphar gave him the run of his house and and Joseph ran his household for him. But Potiphar's wife put her eyes on him, lusted after him, tried to um, seduce him. And he refused because he said, how could I do that to my master? He always had a heart of integrity. And so she decided to uh, make a false allegation that he raped her. He was thrown into prison, even though he had done nothing wrong. And he was in prison for 13 years. And, you know, all the time he could have become bitter. He could have become, uh, you know, bitter of heart and angry. But even in the jail, God's hand was upon him. And it said that that the, um, the jailer gave Joseph the run of the place because he saw that everything he did prospered. So he was in charge there as well. So he, he always had a call of leadership on his life. And God trained him through these difficult circumstances. Uh, not that God caused them, but he used them to bring about the purpose for which he created Joseph for. And, you know, you can read it yourself. It's from like um, chapter, I think it's Genesis chapter 36 or 37. And it nearly goes all the way to Genesis chapter 50. But in uh, in in Genesis uh, chapter, which is it again? Now let's see here. In Genesis chapter forty-five, um, when Joseph uh, was brought out of the the jail, he was brought out because of a supernatural uh, encounter. Uh, Pharaoh had a dream that nobody could discern or or give him the the meaning of it and Joseph was able to answer uh, what that dream was about and it actually brought about a situation where Joseph was made second in command of all of Egypt only Pharaoh was above him and God used him to store up enough food and enough grain to last for seven years of famine and amazingly enough 
because of God using Joseph, not just Egypt uh, was fed, but actually the whole world came to Egypt for food because there was a famine right through the world. Uh, so it just goes to show the level of anointing and leadership that God had for Joseph and you know, all his time through those difficult circumstances and through those injustices, through through those accusations, those false things that were spoken against him, even though he kept a good heart, God used it to bring good, to redeem good out of those bad situations. And he brought Joseph to a very high position. And for some of you, you may be going through things that you just said to yourself, like, why is all this happening to me? What did I ever do? But listen, if, you know, the Lord, I believe, has an anointing and a call on your life. And it's, you know, the devil who's out to try and destruct you and to try and make you fall and to wipe you out or make you go backwards and go back to the past and just leave, uh, you know, leave it behind. But God doesn't want you to do that. And uh, in, in Genesis 45, when afterwards, just to cut this whole story short, when Joseph was reunited with his brothers and he forgave them, uh, he, he said here in Genesis 45, verse 4, Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord to all his house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And then he went on to tell them, you know, go back and get my father and bring all of your family here because he said in verse 10 you shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me and you and your children your children's children your flocks and your herds and all that you have then I will provide for you lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty for there are still five years of famine and you know I believe that's what the Lord is speaking to you friend and to all of us as I said earlier what happened in in Egypt is a, a prototype or a prophetic foreshadow of what's happening right now. And you know, uh, in the land of Goshen, God's people, it's, it's where they came in obedience to his word. And they came there for the food and they were nourished. They were looked after. Them, their children, their children's children, and all of their livestock and their herds as well. Every So this is what happens when we come into the presence of God and when we come into the kingdom of God. As we draw close to him, he promises to look after every area, every provision that you will need of health, healing, um, of peace in your mind, of peace in your relationships, your marriages, your children, of, of financial blessing and provision. God has it already sorted and it's as we grow in the knowledge of him and as we grow closer to him that his blessings and his provision is revealed to us and that's what happened there for Joseph's brothers even though they were the very ones who had you know done this terrible thing that set off this chain of events that that had Joseph living in in such 
turmoil for so many years, separated from his family, frightened, alone, accused, betrayed, you know, imprisoned falsely. And yet God brought good out of it. And he went on to say in in Genesis chapter 50, in the last, I think it's the last chapter, Genesis 50, um, you know, after Jacob died, their father, Joseph's brothers in verse uh, 15, saw that their father was dead. They said, you know, maybe Joseph will hate us now and repay us for all the evil that we've done to him. So they kind of tried to appease him and sent messengers to him. And um, Joseph turned around to them. And he said uh, in verse 19, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. And that's the thing, friend, is that the enemy, what the devil has done for evil in your life. Listen, don't turn back. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. When the thought comes, cast it down, you know, go uh, encourage each other, help each other, pray for each other, pray for us. We, you know, we need we need you to to bring us before the Lord because all of us are, are under attack. We're targets for the enemy. We're targets for people cursing and, and you know, judging us and, and, and bringing uh, all kinds of evil uh, against us. But praise God, like Richard is going to speak out in Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? And Aileen is going to sing that song, Rescue, by Lauren Daigle. And, uh, you know, it says, I hear you um, whispering under your breath. I hear your cry for help, your SOS. You know, and and the Lord's speaking. I, I really feel it's an anointed song. And, and uh, praise God for Aileen singing it. Um, you know, God wants to bring his peace and his power and his love into your life, friend. He wants to bring uh, total healing into your physical body, into your mind, uh, into every area of your life. And the only way that's going to happen is, is the more you grow in the knowledge of him and the more you grow in the knowledge of the fact that the angel of the Lord encamps all around you and he will deliver you. Uh, he will deliver you from the attacks of the enemy, from the, the plots and deceptions of your adversary, the devil. Jesus already dealt with that at the cross. And so as we grow in our understanding of what he was doing, and as we uh, walk it out ourselves, um, praise God. It's, you know, there's a scripture in Colossians and it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, as we understand Christ, the Messiah, and, and what he did for us at the cross, what happens is, is we bring glory to God. And through our lives and how we live and how we talk and how we act and behave, because by our faith, you know, we're justified. And as we live to please him, we then have the heart of Jesus Christ beating in our lives and, you know, the father, just like that picture that I mentioned earlier on, that photograph, the father is listening and he is touched and moved by the heart of God beating through our lives. Amen. And so we're going to break bread and uh, come back to me and break bread. Welcome back. 
Praise God. So we'll break bread together and remind ourselves of the new covenant. That's why we take communion. That's why we break bread and fellowship together is is to remind ourselves of what Jesus did. And so this bread or this little bit of cracker or biscuit or whatever you have and this little cup of juice or water, it's a reminder, it's a symbol of the body of Jesus and of the blood of Jesus. It's not his actual flesh. We're not cannibals. But what we do is we take a symbol and we pray and it it allows us to wash and cleanse ourselves with the word of God to remind ourselves again of what Jesus did. And I suppose it, it helps us. You know, people always talk nowadays about mindfulness and all that and living in the present. Well, <laughs> the original creator of mindfulness was God himself. When he told us, Jesus told us, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And to, to bring to remembrance so that we can ground ourselves in the word of God and be refreshed in his presence and restored to peace restored to uh you know tranquility and serenity uh, people look for tranquility and serenity through so many things and and they never realize that the author of tranquility and serenity is God himself and i think of psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i better i better go to it right now cuz i'll probably forget some part of it <laughs> in the when you actually have to, uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I love that. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Our minds, our emotions are calmed down. Our hearts are restored to peace as we are laying down in the green pasture and by the still waters of the good shepherd, you know, where this is all symbolic. But what he's speaking to us here is that as we, as we snuggle in to the Lord's arms and, and relax in his presence, you don't have to talk. You can just be quiet and be still and just hear his heart. Listen to his heartbeat. I think I did a, a podcast last year sometime called I Can Hear His Heartbeat. So many of us get busy, we get distracted, we get full of anxiety and overwhelmed with all the things we have to do and all the things that are happening or all the negativity that's going on and all the fighting, the strife and, and all that kind of stuff. And it takes our peace. And what God is always looking for is to bring us back into his presence to be restored to that place of peace. And so what he instituted, Jesus, the night he took the bread and he took the cup, what he said was, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And as you do that, you will be eating health to your flesh. You will be drinking in the presence of God and his peace into whatever situation is going on in your life. So that's what we're doing by taking this communion. And sorry, I should finish Psalm 23 while I am there. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and perhaps you're going through some situation right now where it looks like there's no hope or where it looks totally dark and it looks like you're defeated. Listen, friend. God is the author of light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And no matter how dark it is, 
while there's breath in your body, there is hope. And, uh, you know, it's time, I believe, for the body of Christ to get serious with the word of God and to stop being ignorant. Uh, I remember one time my my late mother-in-law, she was a very funny woman. And um, my husband and myself were actually, we started school the same day, amazingly enough. And uh, we went up through school, you know, all the years together. And in, in one of our early years, she said she had gone into the parent-teacher meeting in, I think it was senior infants or first class and um and the the teacher spoke about uh her son my husband now and, and she said oh he's a lovely he's a lovely boy <laughs> and <laughs> my mother-in-law went in kind of cross because the night before she'd been doing her <laughs> his homework with him and she felt that he did all the homework wrong and 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 she said a lovely boy He's illiterate. He can't read or write. <laughs> it was so funny the way she used to say it. But, you know, I believe there's a lot of illiterate Christians who can't read or write. They don't know the word of God. They've never actually been able to open the Bible and, you know, study the word and hear God speak to them because there's lots of blockages and hindrances that the enemy has used uh, as, as strategies to keep them bound. And listen, friend, the days we're in, you need to know the word of God. We all do. And as we as we know his word, we can then bring that word everywhere we go as we live out our lives. And we can uh, see the fruits of it. And just to go back to Joseph, you know, Joseph had two sons when he was um, brought out of the prison and he was working for Pharaoh and he was second in command in the whole land of Egypt. It said, Two sons were born to Joseph and the first son he called Manasseh and Manasseh meant, uh, the word Manasseh translates as meaning God has caused me to forget. And and so, you know, Joseph was able to uh, forgive his brothers for everything they'd done to him. He was able to forgive all those people, Potiphar's wife who falsely accused him. He was able to forgive and then his second son, he called him Ephraim. And the word Ephraim means fruitfulness, for God has made me fruitful in this land. And I believe, friend, that you cannot have Ephraim, you cannot have fruitfulness without first having Manasseh, where God you know, where where we uh, understand the things of God, where we obey his word and where we keep a good attitude, where we forgive, where we let things go and release uh, forgiveness and mercy to those who do not deserve it, uh, where we release offense out of our lives, where we keep our hearts pure, where we keep the heart of Jesus Christ beating in our bodies so that God can hear his heart and see his heart in operation through our lives. You cannot have Ephraim without having Manasseh. You cannot have fruitfulness without first leaving go and forgetting the past. And like that scripture, Pastor Bredegosh, you know, don't think of the, forget the things of the past because I am doing a new thing. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. And that's what forgiveness and mercy is. And that's what communion is about. That's what breaking the bread is about. It's a fresh start. And, uh, you know, it says in Lamentations, for the mercies of God are new every day. And by God, we need them to be new every day, friend, because we mess up every day and sin, you know. 
And so there's none of us can go judging other people. And that's what Joseph learned. Yes, he could have blamed his brothers. Yes, he could have, you know, been bitter of heart and resentful for all the things that had been done to him. But he chose instead to keep his heart right before God and to make a decision to forgive them and to let it go. And that is what elevated him to that place and that position of leadership. And that's what God wants to do for you too. He's no respecter of persons. Praise God. So Father, we take this bread today together and we uh, announce the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we take this bread, Lord, I pray that even as each one of us take this piece of cracker or whatever it is, Lord, that we eat this bread, that we're eating understanding and the knowledge of you and of what Jesus did for us at the cross. And Lord, as we eat this bread, Lord, I believe our physical bodies are being healed and restored. I believe, Father God, that uh, I curse the root of all sickness and disease. I curse the root of all mental torment and pressure in the name of Jesus. Anything, mutations of cells, I speak right now, uh, every cell to be restored and made new. I curse the root of all cancer or leukemia. I cast it out of your body in the name of Jesus. I curse the root of, of every pestilence, violence virus, uh, multiple cirrhosis. I plead the blood of Jesus against those things. I command every part of your physical body to be healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. As it says in Isaiah chapter 53, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. And as we eat this today, I release the spirit of healing, resurrection, dunamis power, the Holy Spirit power into your body, friend, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And I thank you, Father, for total restoration. I thank you, Lord, for miracles signs and wonders because you always confirm your word with signs following and as we eat this bread today Jesus we proclaim that this is the body of Christ uh, a symbol of your body that was broken so that our bodies our minds our our hearts our lives could be healed and we receive and eat that healing now in Jesus name amen you can take the bread we take the cup together Lord Jesus, that night at the Passover meal with your disciples, you took the cup and you said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Just like we read in Jeremiah chapter 31, where God said he would make a new covenant. And this covenant he would not have to write uh, down or people wouldn't have to constantly uh, speak to each other to intellectually remember your word, but that you would write your word on our hearts. And Lord, we come today and we take this cup and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for giving your life so that we could be saved. Lord Jesus, you paid the price for our sins. And I thank you, Lord. Uh, God raised you from the dead so that we could be acquitted and set free and delivered from the prison of, of darkness Lord, you translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son of your love. And we thank you for salvation. We thank you for the free gift of righteousness that we have. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But Lord, it was a free gift from you through the blood of your son, Jesus. And that's why we take this cup. 
It's a symbol of your blood that was shed for us, Jesus, so we could be forgiven and brought back into right relationship with God, reconciled to him as if we had never sinned. Because as you said, as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sins from us. Lord Jesus, we proclaim your death and your resurrection today until you come again. And we thank you for what you've done for us. And we thank you, Lord. You said, seek my face And we say to you, Lord Jesus, today, Lord, we seek your face and we seek your kingdom and your righteousness until you come again. We proclaim your death and resurrection in Jesus name. Amen. You can take the cup. And now, Lord, I pray for the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is now living inside of each one of us. And I release the power of the a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit, of the anointing of of the Spirit of God to be poured out on all of these, your children, Lord. I pray for for, uh, your mercies are new every day. I pray for a fresh start, Lord. You said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. And as we call upon you, Lord Jesus, as we acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of our lives, as we acknowledge that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross to forgive us our sins and to reconcile us back to the Father, as we acknowledge that God raised you from the dead so we could be acquitted and set free, we receive salvation from you, Jesus. And we are created anew, made into new creations. And you said, Lord, in your word, behold, I make all things new. And we believe that today, that we are children of God, loved and protected and preserved by you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for a wave of healing. I release a wave of miracle healing power. Uh, even as out, out of my mouth as the words I speak, Lord, I, re- I release that healing anointing to flow upon each family, each home, each person listening, Lord, in Jesus' name, that they will know you and that they will testify of the goodness of God in the land of the living, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless Bless you, friend. Have a great day.
this decree today over all our church members and everyone listening to this podcast. The decree is taken from Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And Colossians 1, verses 12 and 13. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. The decree. Lord, we ask you for our inheritance today. Father, we are your children and heirs of your kingdom. We are joint heirs with Christ. Father, We thank you for these privileges today. We ask you, Lord, for you to release our supernatural heritage as partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Because Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into your kingdom of heaven. Lord, we ask you for the fullness of Christ's atonement of the cross of Calvary to come forth in our lives and circumstances today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Honour Blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.